This is CG Talks, the podcast where CG guys talk about CG. This podcast is powered by GarageFarm.net, a place where 3D cloud rendering is incredibly fast and cheap. We're continuing the conversation with uh, Federico Benculo from The Big Picture in Italy, an artist artist. And now I want to jump into a topic uh, strictly related to to Argus industry. And uh, I wanted to talk about uh, the selling points or um, or the things that you really are selling to your client when you are uh, doing Argus. Uh, so Federico, you have a long successful career as an Argus artist and uh, you're running a company, The Big Picture. So, uh, I wanted to ask, what would you say that played the biggest role in you, in your success in this field? Well, I think success is a very broad definition of term. I personally, I don't think my artist business is successful. I think I do my own, but I think success is something else. But in general, so it's very difficult to answer this for me. Uh, in general, what I what what helps me going ahead is trying to serve my client, trying to establish a relationship with my client. In which my client is more a partner rather than a you know an external party in the process. So what I like to do is having my client involved in the process whenever possible. And these are the projects in which I enjoy the most. The ones in which the client is involved, I you know, I show the client what is going on behind the scenes. We try to uh, turn around the image, see what what it can be done. Yes, I like also to you know. Take those two couple of days to make the image perfect, as everybody does. But in general, when it's when it comes to the concepting part, to the initial part of the of the project, I like to involve the client in the discussion and to, you know, lead them to understand what is going on behind the scenes. Uh, also to explain then the process to to show them what's possible, what's not, and trying to explain also what we do, also our profession. Uh, so I think this very didactic approach, this very teaching focused approach, is something that. Uh, is helping me build upon what I'm doing to go forward, go ahead. And something that I'm also developing outside the image-making part right now. Um, actually, the news is from yesterday. We're recording now the 29th of June. Uh, the news is just was out just yesterday. I'm, I'm starting it in an Arquis Academy again uh, together with two colleagues, which are Paolo Zambrini and Giancarlo Russo from Engram Studio in Italy and here, which are two really big firms in Italy, probably the two, the, the two biggest firms in Italy that do Arquis for, Engram does it for uh, architectural competitions, here does it for real estate, but we joined forces together to do this academy. And we're focusing this very much on the professional aspects of Arquis. So this is something else that is keeping moving me. So it's the teaching part, not just for students, but also for my clients. So I like to educate my clients on what's possible, on how we work behind the scenes and try to get them excited about the process, about what we do. I don't like to close myself, to shut my doors and to come back after seven days with their finished product. Uh, it works for a lot of people. I'm not that kind of guy. So I would say this is my also my selling point in a way. So not just that, but it's what makes the big picture, not, succe- not successful, but what makes the big picture unique. Mm-hmm. What makes the big picture the big picture, so to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so uh, that's that kind of brings up uh, one of my next questions, like because uh, when you say when a client chooses an Arcvis studio, uh, like he might be looking for various features, like 
image quality, like a particular style. Like I believe many of us uh, would love to be picked for our unique style. Uh, but do you have like you said that you have a way of approaching that makes it your own personal? Do you think like this is like something for everyone, or just like a niche approach, or maybe? Mm. Yeah, maybe you've seen like other approaches like like that 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 are working. Well, the style, the style thing. I that's a. I think this is a bit of a, of a controversial thing that I'm going to say, but I think that our clients really seldomly see the style of our images. All these people that are really educated at seeing images and have been working with a client for a long time, they start recognizing, you know, that you know, the characteristics of certain kind of images. And very few offices actually can recognize the quality and the style in an image. Uh, I've been told that my images have a style, so it's it's very flattering when people tell you that your images have a style. But it's an artist thing, again. <laughs> it's something that ourselves, we, we take... We take hold of these things. We take into consideration style as a point of honor, but among our circles. So it's mm-hmm. it's very rare that I I, I hear the client saying, "Ah, oh, the style of the images it's uh, it's unique. It's very it's very peculiar." Clients are usually more interested into having a trusted partner that can do the work in a smooth manner. Mm-hmm. So that's I think that's the most important thing in our, in our industry, of course. Quality, the quality of our service, the quality of our images is paramount. Probably it's the it's the foundation of what we do. So our images have to reach a certain degree of quality, which, by the way, is getting higher and higher. The bar is getting higher and higher by the years with the tools that we mentioned. Uh, easy rendering tools, easy rendering engines, the, the AI as well. So the bar is getting higher. But once you get that bar, your job is not to... I think as an archivist artist, yeah, you, you can do it as a personal research if you want to improve yourself as a as a an artist again. But your duty as a service provider is to ensure that the relationship with your client is good, that your your client trusts your way of work, trusts your opinion. I think I think that's the most important part of what we do, and that's that should be the selling point of uh, of what we do. So we should sell kind of a trust to our clients. The way we do that's, things, rather than selling a style. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Like uh, probably not a very common approach, like the of thinking as as an artist, right? That because we we I think we tend to to kind of look at this on a very personal level when we you know approach this thing that like. I think many of our of our artists are doing this job because they love it, right? Because they enjoy making images, or they they love architecture, they love seeing beautiful pictures, and mm-hmm. uh, like sometimes we might describe our work as well. we are doing like virtual photography or doing images. But what you said, like we are, that, you are kind of giving like trustful advice or trustful products to your client. It's like it's like a totally different world. I would say, and uh, and the thing about the but tools, they don't have, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the I thing about the tools, that. I don't think mm-hmm. they so. I don't think they do it. They they exclude both. One excludes the other. I think the the trust part and the client relationship part is the business part of our job. While the style, uh, I think, is still very important because it's the joy part of what we do. 
we like to have a style. We like being recognized in our industry for a style. So there's nothing wrong in having a style. It's very important to have your own style to be recognized for that. What I'm saying is that when you go in the outside world, in the world of service, service industry, usually the style is not your selling point unless it's a very, very peculiar style. That, that was my point. But the style is still very mm -hmm. important because it's part, yeah, as you were saying, in the joy of making images. So doing things your own way, it's the joy itself. It's a joy for you. It should be a joy for what we do. Otherwise, if that point starts missing, that we have a problem. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the whole, like most of the clients, I think, uh, uh, in, the in, the, uh, in the industry, um, these are somehow related to the whole architecture building, uh, building industry, like re uh, real estate and stuff like that. So uh, right now with the modern technology, modern uh, architectural softwares, they are becoming, like I said, more like easier and powerful. Um, they can produce quality, uh, realistic images. Like a few years back, maybe you know, having a photorealistic image was like a thing. When when the IKEA catalog became CGI, it was like a thing, right? That that you don't need to photograph, uh, you know, to, to make photography of of product, but you can do like CGI, uh, and they can even produce animations. So. I wanted to ask, like, why why would architects or companies involved in the industry would need help from a specialized specialized artist like an ArcVis artist? Mm. What what, what well, makes that need? The ArcVis artist has well, the ArcVis artist has some kind of skills, some tools that the architects doesn't doesn't have usually. An ArcVis artist is a person <laughs> who is trained, yeah, into the tools of art. So. The artist should know how an image is made, how, how a powerful image is made, what makes a powerful image. You know, use of colors, use of composition, use of lighting, how you frame your image, all those things is things that usually the, archi the architect doesn't have. And you can give the architect all the tools that you want, even to the tools that give you an immediate image. But if they don't have, you know, this foundation, they will still produce images that are not effective. So the artist, artist should be, first of all, trained into this stuff into the artistic tools, into the artistry. Then the technical part, I think, comes later. Technical part is the, you know, uh, is the equivalent of the color palette or the brushes for the painter. So if you know how to use your tools, you're also able to reproduce your content and your concept in a good way, in an effective way. So that's what's missing right now in architecture offices. And the tools that you mentioned, I was mentioning Escape. I was mentioning uh, Twin Motion. These tools are great for previews, so pre-visualization or for quick presentations. So architects, when they have the need to present something that has this very effective, that makes an impact, that evokes an emotion in the viewer, they still go to artist firms because they need that kind of expertise. And that expertise is just it's there because artists, artists know how to do images and to use the tools of the artist. So that's the main difference. The tools will, will be more and more simple by the day, by the months, by the years. But this kind of knowledge is something that you cannot, uh, you cannot just give for granted. You have to get an expert, whether it's an in-house artist or an external consultant. You need somebody with this expertise for certain kinds of projects. Not all projects, probably intermediate presentations with clients, quick presentations, quick, quick options, iterations. They do not need this kind of approach, but this kind of approach will always be needed for, for example, press release, public presentations, competitions, 
really high budget projects where the you know, you have a lot of money, millions of euros or dollars on stake. So this kind of approach, this marketing based approach, this emotional based approach will always be re- be relevant to a client. And this yeah, something that tools cannot take away. At garagefarm.net, you'll find many 3D rendering solutions. Use coupon codes visible on your social media channels during registration to boost your account up to $100 of free render credits and check how quick and life-saving 3D cloud rendering is. Exactly. Like it's, uh, I think it, it brings me back to one of my uh, talks that, that I have with, uh, with um, Lex Sokolowski, that's uh, uh, founder of Chocofor, the, the asset store, and also he's running a, a, like a visualization business. And he said, uh, I asked him about uh, the VR that was kind of a thing going on back then. And uh, he said something like uh, that, that VR doesn't really take away the need for, for, for example, for still images. And that he has, mm. has an opinion that still images are, are in some aspects even better than the, than the whole VR thing. Because the VR um, lets you know, a client immerse in the, in the whole space, for example, but it kind of like gives him too much freedom and it doesn't give him like a directed view of, of the thing. So a still yeah. image is like a frame, like a nice photograph that, that an artist makes like a decision of a framing of everything like to show the a specific quality of the space, for example. And it doesn't, you know, uh, just, just roaming around the space sometimes doesn't give that particular feeling or, or it's like pointing someone to some kind of a special yeah doing doing that in a specific light condition or anything like that that just forms uh the, the whole story right that you you're trying to create create a story right that's absolutely true that's absolutely true and uh, that's why the artistic part is so important uh, the artistic tools are there to guide to help us guide the viewer to view certain aspects of a project and the still image is perfect to highlight certain parts of a, of a project, even animations, even though animations also are very, a very directed, a very directed product. Mm-hmm. Even if it's animated, they serve more or less the same purpose. They, they still show a uh, project in a way that the director wants. Well, the, was the, yeah, the 360 is more difficult. What you don't have that much control on the details. So, um, that's why Wolfthrough and 360s are used to, especially to for certain kind of industries, for real estate, for example, it's very common to use the 360 and uh, the not so much for public projects, competitions, or press releases. That's for the reasons that you said. Okay, so so um, do you think that the that the technology that's emerging, like VR, right now the metaverse is like a hot thing. Uh, and also like virtual architecture like do you think that these will um like change our industry what what do you think like in a few years the arcvis business will look like uh, are there or is it like a totally new business that's emerging well i've seen arcvis firms that have jumped into the metaverse trend so there's definitely um a business opportunity there uh in change in the sense that probably some firms are going to implement this. Now it's very hyped, uh, probably a bit less now that we had this crypto crash. So everything was brought down along with the crypto crash. So we have to be careful of that aspect as well. But generally, uh, something that I have been seeing firms implementing to their own service line, I don't think it's going to revolutionize 
the industry. Uh, that would be still, of course, we still we'll still have need for physical products. You know, the, the built architecture will be always there, and we'll still need the still images 360. Uh, the animation will be still there, but definitely I see firms that will start chasing this trend. That will be a, a broadening of our services, probably, and that's the change that I'm I'm going I'm seeing in the industry happening even right now. So yes, it's changing not the industry as a as a thing as a whole, but it's changing. Well, it's widening the range of services that we offer. Because the expertise is more or less there. So it's uh, still virtual architecture. Uh, softwares are more or less the same, especially for those who use already Unreal Engine that work in Unity, for example. So the things are, the seeds are already there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you mentioned mentioned like the, the Unreal Engine. And the, generally, it's like, it's interesting that the, there's uh, technologies that are coming from the entertainment industry, especially game uh, development industry that are, hitting the uh, the Argus uh, the, the Argus industry so much like it's like a strange coincidence with, with two like seemingly to totally different activities but they are using the same tools right now and uh, even like the metaverse is like can kind of like right now architecture is like also a part of the games industry so to speak like creating virtual realities and uh, it kind of open up opens up as yeah, like a possibility of, of doing something totally different. And I've seen this in uh, with the pandemic breaking out and uh, people doing art, but also like different other projects uh, for, you know, using this as an opportunity to, to just like, like broaden their, their scope of activity, not just like ArcVis or architecture that is going to be built, but uh, yeah, just imaginary spaces. Mm -hmm. things for for the game world as well because it's like these things are very close yeah these are close and they didn't they they weren't that close ever before i think right now it's, it's like almost almost the same do you do you think that this is also going to be something in the coming years well uh I don't know about that, honestly. Uh, I know that architects, I know architects have made the jump from the architecture industry to the video game industry. And uh, you know, the, the new firm, the video game firm appreciated them for their architectural background. So that's all I know. Um, I know that probably tools are going to converge and they already are. I don't see the two industries merging anytime soon, honestly. There are, the, the productions are so different. Mm. For making a video game, you need really, really, really so many people. You need so much time to make a, a huge production. The the scopes and the scales of the work are so different that I don't see a real merge happening. Emerging tools, probably. Merging scope, nah, I don't. I really don't because the, the video game industry, and especially how is it made right now, it mm -hmm. probably it's the most lucrative industry in the entertainment market. Not probably. It is the most lucrative industry in the entertainment market and there's number going around the video game industry that we can we can just dream about in architecture mm -hmm. uh so it's it's two different leagues completely totally two different leagues yeah but, but uh, the tools yes the tools are more or less the same yeah i just i just wondered about the uh yeah the need that come comes from the uh, from the metaverse and also the game dev industry that there's 
Like there's a lot of architecture in that, really, because this is like it yeah. seems like a, yeah, I could like uh, something that's yeah, that's a new new kind of like a field of 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 architecture because there's a lot of architecture that's uh, that's realistic, but there's also like completely mm-hmm. fantasy based architecture, and it also like. I'm thinking that this is kind of like an opportunity for a lot, of, a lot of people involved in the architectural business, just to be, yeah, just to sure. be doing that because not sometimes it's firms. done by people. Not, but rather, mm-hmm. okay, uh, not for people, but for uh, sorry, not for firms, but for for people, people that have knowledge in architecture and have um, a knowledge also of the tools. Uh, they can actually try to pursue a career in video game design. In video game companies, people that, as I, as I was telling you before, for the, with the example of this person, uh, companies, video game companies that seek the expertise of an architect that knows how to design buildings and design spaces and make realistic spaces is very important. Designing a realistic environment in a, in a video game is crucial. And people that come out of academies, often they do not, they do not know how to how architecture works, how to make believable buildings or spaces. That's why you need an architect that knows how to do these things. And that's definitely a, a job opportunity for people that want to pursue a career into that. This is the end of the second part of our conversation with Federico Biancullo from The Big Picture, also a host of There's Something About Argus podcast. And uh, in the next one, we will talk about um, wearing different hats as a 3D generalist or generally as a person finding your way in the industry and being open to new challenges. So stay with us and listen to the next CG Talks with Federico Mancullo.